Episode number eight is on the docket here today, and I am Mick. Thank you so much for hanging out with us here on Cherokee Rewind. We're going to go back to the late 90s, early 2000s, right around the turn of this century, and we are going to be, our next guest here is uh, from, oh, well, he's from Illinois, he's from the Chicago area, and he played here in uh, one full season and part of another here in a Cherokee uniform. His name is Mr. Brad Krolak. Crowley, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, Mick. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you. We appreciate you coming on here. Uh, now, of course, uh, we have had a number of guys that have uh, come here to Toledo from Chicago and that whole area and stuff. And uh, it's hard because, I mean, well, before we get into the whole uh, TC era, uh, tell me a little bit about you growing up, uh, where you played as a, as, a, as a wee little guy, and stuff like that, and what eventually got you, what eventually got you here. We'll get into that, but let's start with the, with the basics. How old were you when you first put on a pair of skates? Uh, wow. When I first put on a pair of skates, I still have them. They're little itty-bitty things. Uh, I was probably three, maybe four years old. Holy smokes. And then, of course, uh, where did you play? Obviously, you probably played right around the Chicago. What part of Chicago did you play in? Yeah, so I grew up in the suburbs, um, uh, and I played for a team called the Downers Grove Huskies. So it's uh, like western suburbs of Chicago, about 20 miles out. Um, and I, I played for them um, my entire you know youth hockey career um, from being a mite, single-A mite, being a the last guy barely able to skate and uh, all the way up through midgets until my midget major year where I played uh, for Team Illinois. Wow, what was that kind of jump like? That had to be quite the that had to be quite the experience. Yeah, it was um, I mean, it was definitely a, a, a big jump. Um, you know, it was a lot of it was uh, you know, being able to afford it. AAA was was, was, you know, a lot more. It's not cheap, that's for sure. It's not cheap at all, but, you know, my, my dad and my mom, you know, extremely supportive of, uh, you know, everything I did. And my my dad always made sure, you know, he was a blue-collar guy and, you know, busted his butt and made sure that our family always had everything we needed and, you know, took care of us and he made it happen. And, um making the jump that late my midget major year you know kind of doesn't really happen too often you know without being involved with uh, the triple a organization so i was lucky to have a good tryout caught the eye of the coach and uh you know if it wouldn't have been for that year i don't know you know where i would have gone junior wise or college wise uh after that because uh that team illinois team i played on was a good team and got me a lot of looks and eventually to, uh, to where I wound up playing with Toledo and my junior career and, and, and my college career after that. Well, you know, Crowley, the, the other thing, too, is that uh, I, you really, I mean, it, it may not, you didn't spend a lot of time in, uh, in places, but you always made an impact. And what you did in not only with Team Illinois, but even, I mean, where did you go to try out for Toledo? I mean, did were you at another camp and Toledo noticed you, or did you come to Toledo to try out ex- specifically? Yeah, no. So I was making the rounds doing the the junior A 
the junior A camps, and I want to say, I was trying to think this morning of, of exactly which team it was. I'm pretty sure it was uh, uh, Grand Rapids I was trying out for, uh, um, and Scott Searing um, approached me after after one of the skates, introduced himself, um, you know, told me, you know, all about the team, and, um, you know, just gave me his information, and from there, um, you know, I, I went to the camp afterwards, um, made the team, you know, loved what I saw there, the, the initial, you know, impact, and right away you could feel this, the, I, I, I didn't know anything about Toledo, uh, you know, beforehand, but just uh, the, the tradition and, you know, the there's there's just a lot of history there, and I, I really, really liked that, and uh, but I think the second day at camp, you know, they offered me a contract, and I, I signed with them, and the rest is history. Well, you know, Curly, you know, the other cool thing, too, is, you know, the fact that, obviously, a good drawing card is the fact that they were in the national championship two years in a row right there at that time, and I'm sure that probably had to have a little bit of an impact on you, too. Oh, absolutely, yeah. The, the year... The year before I went there, they won it. Actually, I believe that was the year, right? And they were there the prior, the year prior to that. They were in the national championship game at home, but came up short. They lost, I believe, two to one, and uh, stuff. So, but you know, I mean, those are the kind of things when you see that kind of success with players, that or with teams, that kind of makes you go, "Hey, I want to be a part of that too." You know, I mean, that would think that would probably uh, get a young kid to pay attention to what's going on when you see that there's some banners that are hanging up in the in the rink oh absolutely absolutely and and scott searing you know as you know i mean super super intelligent guy and nice guy you know i i only had him as a coach for that one season but you know one of one of if not you know the, the best coaches that i've ever uh you know played for so um really developed a lot that year and uh I mean, it was it was an easy choice. You know, you could tell when someone's trying to sell you on something and just sell you smoke. But I mean, he told it how it was, and he backed everything up. And you know, it was uh, yeah, it was. I, I took a lot of pride in, in saying that I played for Toledo. That's for sure. Well, you know, uh, now tell me when you first got here and you first uh, with the first practices and the first. Um, I don't know. I guess uh, the first game or two, or thing, or just the the very beginning with the tryout camp, through the initial practices and the first part of the year. Uh, what was the transition like for you, as far as uh, you know? Did you mesh well with teammates, or is there anyone you gravitated to more than others? Uh, any of that kind of stuff. Um, what was the what was the chemistry like at early on? We'll start there. That that year, well. We'll start, I guess, with training camp. Um, training camp, I was super nervous. Like, I was, uh, you know, whether or not I was going to make the team. Like, I, I, there was a lot of, lot of guys out there. There was a lot of talent out there. And um, I, was, I was really nervous. So it was, it was nice. Uh, Scott pulled me aside, you know, before, before the camp was actually over and told me, you know, that I had a spot on the team. And that eased up the tension a lot. So, and, but uh, that that year, that team was was a special team. I mean, from day one, um, I mean, 
we were, we just were a, a unit, you know, I mean, we, we meshed so well together, you know, um, the camaraderie of all those guys, uh, there really wasn't anyone that didn't fit in, I mean, we were all brothers from day one, it was a, uh, a very special year, you know, one that I, I think about often, you know, about all those guys, I still, still communicate with a lot of them, um, you know, friends with almost everyone, I believe, on Facebook at least, you know, and um, it was just, yeah, great, great group of guys, no, no issues at all, we really bonded well and uh, worked really well together, so. Who's, uh, who's, uh, who are some of the guys that, I mean, did you play with as far as line mates? Who is your line? That's where that's where uh, me and Nick Villanau, uh He was my defensive partner. So me and me and Nick started playing there, um, and that's uh, we call we call, <laughs> called ourselves uh, the Chrono Show, Prolac and Villanau. That's where the Chrono Show was born. Ah. So we played uh, two years uh, defensive partners uh, Toledo, and then uh, we both uh, went to Ohio University, and we. Defensive partners for another four years there, man and the blue lines together. So six years with the same D partner. We we you know knew exactly where we each other was where he was, was going to be on the ice. So it was uh, a lot of fun and uh, you know still you know he's one of my, my best friends. I stood up in his wedding and you know great guy and great hockey player. So well what. And you did did you ever play with anybody else D wise? Uh, no, it was it was me and Nick, pretty much day day one. Yeah. So. Holy cow! Now when now, uh, I ask this of every player, or every yeah every guy I have on here, and that's this: Do you remember your first goal? <laughs> I should because there weren't there weren't too many of them, <laughs> and and I would be willing to bet that uh, it was an empty net goal. But <laughs> I do not remember uh, my first goal. No, I can't say that I do. Okay. More of a defensive defenseman, uh, that's for sure. Uh, Nick, Nick definitely had more of uh, the offensive touch, but uh, yeah. Well, you had more size than he did. I mean, Nick was a great defenseman, but he was he was more of a finesse guy because he wasn't he didn't have the size of your typical defenseman, especially during that era. That era, there was a lot more guys that, uh, I mean, big guys. I mean, we're talking, you know, you know, big, big guys like, you know, I mean, I'm trying to think of who played in your day. I think, uh, you know, didn't was it Justin Davidson and Rico Day? Davidson, yeah, Rico Day, yeah. Yeah, there was there. Uh, trying to think, was that, did you play with Chris Lanciano? I did not. Okay, that was a year later. He came a year later, okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, Lance is big boy, man, and he's a he's a cop in Philly now. But uh, you know, yeah, so yeah, you gotta you got yeah you gotta you gotta be tough. Yeah, no kidding. Now, well, of course, look at where you're from, man. They don't cut that, that neighborhood ain't too easy, too easy to navigate either. Sometimes, but uh, you know, it's it's funny. I was just thinking about that. I mean, you were the guy that, if I remember, you weren't afraid to you weren't afraid to get get nasty if you needed to be. You had that in you. You, I mean, yeah. you were kind of 
the I'll, I'll paraphrase to be nice. Uh, it's you were kind of a, a crap disturber, if I remember correctly. <laughs> my, my dad used to always say, uh, my mom, my mom, Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde. You know, the, the nicest guy off the ice, but when I was on the ice, I stirred the pot and agitated people, and yeah, I wasn't wasn't afraid to get my hands dirty. That's for sure. Do you remember your first scrap? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, I believe it was against um, it was against one of the Detroit teams. Uh, I think it was Metro, um, and uh, I, I I I held my own. It was, it was probably probably draw if I have to call it. But um, I wasn't I wasn't the toughest guy out there. But uh, I, I mean I I wouldn't back down and from anybody. So uh, I always always had my teammates back. So if anyone ever messed with our guys, you know, you gotta, it was, a, it was a different time, you know, I mean, hockey now is a little different, I mean, still go out there and protect your guys, but as far as, uh, you know, dropping the mitts and stuff, it's a little different now, but, um, yeah, I, I held my own. <laughs> yes, you did, and like I said, I remember you were, you were a disturber, uh, but uh, now, talk about that first season some, I mean, who was the teams that you hated? I mean that you were just like whenever that you got to play them, you got it got your dander up and you were ready to go and uh, go into attack mode. Yeah, uh, Columbus. I, I didn't like Columbus at all. They they definitely were probably number one on my list. Um, I would say if I had to do top three, I'd say Columbus, uh, Metro, and St. Louis. Yeah, St. Louis always was. It seems to be at the top of a lot of folks' lists. But uh, uh, maybe, of course, that's the great teams then too, though. So, now who were your goalie? Who were your goalies that year? Sammy Horton. Sammy Horton was my goalie the first year, um, and uh, trying to think who our other goalie was that year. My memory is not. Was it? Uh, not Vertman. Uh, who was? Uh, Good buddy. He actually played at Ohio with me. He was a forward. Yeah. Um, no, I'm thinking of. I was thinking of Ron Wheatman. He was. Uh, he played the year before, I think. Um. Oh, who was that? Go. Let me see. Because I'm thinking in that era. It. Yeah. It was like. I know for sure. Um, it was because I'm gonna have to go back and listen to my own podcast because Jeremy Labianca told me. And. Uh, yeah, Carol Labianca. One of the first players that I think he was the first player that uh, I interviewed for this uh, and stuff. Uh, but um, it, oh darn it, I uh, can't remember. But he said, uh, I don't know what uh, Andy Reynolds. That's it. That's it. That's it. Yep. 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 You're right. Andy, that's I apologize, to Andy, especially if you hear this because Andy's a good friend of mine. Uh, we, he's he's. Uh, big baseball guy so he's got uh you know I, I know at least one kid and he coaches baseball um, he just got Nate I think he's also now coaching the Western Michigan Bronco club team is he really yes uh, he's coaching some hockey and he's a head coach wow, that's funny. my my nephew um is going there next year and he's going to be trying out for for the for that team yeah so yeah I think he's I think that's where he's at yeah so, but uh, and that he just like that just got that just happened like a couple of months ago. Okay. 
So, you know, so, but, uh, you know, that's always good to know, you know, that kind of stuff when, you know, you see the Cherokee players, whether it's through coaching or in business or whatever, man, it's always nice to see them, you know, do good. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, when you play, now, who were some of the guys that were up front in front of you that played with you? Uh, so, uh, we had Scott Cozatine. Uh, he was another Illinois guy, good guy. Uh, great, great goal scorer. Um, we had uh, probably the fastest, fastest kid I ever played against or played with, uh, Larry Bryan. Oh, yeah. Snohomish, Wisconsin. Uh, or Wisconsin, Washington, my fault. Washington, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, had, he had wheels on him, man. He could fly out there. Yes, he could. And good hands, too. Um, yeah, so, I mean, those those were those were, uh, probably the two. Ferret Shotlos, I remember. Uh, oh, yeah. I'll never forget. Uh, it, had to be, it had to be a playoff game, league playoff game. We must have hosted it or something. But he scored a goal in overtime, and I'll never forget him going around the. He pulled the armor, Yager, skating around the rink, saluting the bank, saluting the. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget that. Just chasing him. Good cool. lord. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I believe he's out in uh, Iowa now. Oh, is he really? Yeah, he's out in Iowa. I think Mason City or something like that. But uh, he's hanging out there now, happy as can be. But uh, I also remember. Bring back some good memories. Yeah, uh, I talked to it. Matter of fact, I was talking with, uh, uh, I did a podcast with Paul Guthrie. And, uh, I actually listened to that one last night. Yeah, he was telling me about, uh, he told, where he told me about, uh, the, he first met Ference at a, in a warm up, in a preseason game in Windsor and said that they were in the locker room when they were getting ready. And he looked at Guthrie, or, yeah, Ference looked at Guthrie and said, don't embarrass me. <laughs> Yeah, that's typical Ferrets. And of course Ferrets' English isn't the wasn't the best at that time. But uh coming over here from <laughs> I mean it was still I mean I can picture him saying that. Uh, I, I can just still picture him saying that and that is just too funny and stuff, but what his warm up or his uh hype music get him to get himself pumped up, he would listen to on repeat. I'll never forget this. Really? Uh, in the locker room, he'd listen to uh, Lou Vega Mambo Number Five. It was the funniest thing ever. Oh my god! Singing, like, it's over on repeat, repeat. Oh my god, that is. Uh, I, I, I'm gonna have to get him on here sometime, and uh, I'll. I'll Feed him that info. Ask him about that because that yeah, is. So <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that is too funny! Oh gee whiz! Now, um, you know, now you, after your first year in Toledo, uh, you uh, you guys had uh, a, a really good season that year, and then um, you, which of course, when you have a really good season. Those things tend to lead to other opportunities uh, elsewhere at, at higher levels. So, in your case, that led you to an opportunity, I believe, in the North American League. Yes. So, um, uh, a couple of us went to um, Saint, the St. Louis Sting. Rick Zombo was the coach there, and um, he 
tendered. I know Cosentine got a tender there. Um, Villano, I believe, got a tender there. Um, and then I was invited to the camp along with one other, someone else I can't remember off the top of my head who also was, but um, ended up, uh, he, he, they backed out of Villano, which was kind of crummy as tender. They backed out on that, and uh, me and Cosentine uh, signed with them and played there. Um, Cozy played the whole season there. Um, I ended up, I think it was the first weekend for, as the season was starting. I made it all through training camp and all that, and um, we are going to play Team USA, I remember, um, in Michigan, and he called me into his office, and he let me go. Um, thought, you know, that, you know, that was on to the world, you know, just it was never been cut from a team like that, and uh, actually was a blessing in disguise. Um, got a bunch of calls from, from different teams, and uh, one of them was uh, a step up to the USHL with the Dubuque Fighting Saints, and uh, I went out there and I tried out, they were playing in a tournament, the Buck Bowl, uh, which was massive junior tournament um I, I don't know if they still have it or not but um you know teams from every league and there's just a ton of fans 5,000 fans there uh scouts from every college there was NHL scouts there it was crazy that was my tryout for this team and they ended up signing me after the after the tournament and I played there for about a month and just just wasn't happy there um I was you know, I was getting ice time, not a ton of ice time, um, and I just remember having a conversation with the coach, because I had another year of junior, junior left, so I just remember having a meeting with him and just asking him straight up, you know, like, you know, I bust my butt this whole year, you know, don't play that much, you know, practice every day, get better, you know, can you guarantee me a spot on the team next year, and he couldn't do that, so I knew right then, you know, I wasn't happy, it wasn't really, those guys had played together uh, the year before and they all had a click and I just didn't really fit in well and I remember making the call back home and my mom was the one who really, you know, convinced me, you know, she just asked me if I was happy, you know, I mean, because I mean, I'm in the USHL, you know, I mean, that's what every kid wants to get to the USHL, you know, all the opportunities in the world from that league. And, you know, my brother didn't want me to leave, you know, but um, you know, my dad just told me to stick it out a little longer. But my mom just asked me, she just said, are you happy? Are you having fun? And I said, no. And I wasn't. And, you know, what's the point if you're not having fun, if you're not happy? So I called, uh, that's what I called Todd Omi. And I, I said, hey, look, you know, I'm going to leave. Uh, I asked for a trade, actually. They wouldn't trade me to another team in the league. Um, so then I just asked for my release and called Todd and asked him if I could just skate with him until I made a decision on where I was going to go. So I came back to Toledo then. Um, Butte, the Butte Irish and I think it was the American West League yeah. at the time. Uh, they had drafted me like two years in a row um, and wanted me to come out there. So I talked with them. Was planning on going out there, but knew that my parents wouldn't be able to see me at all. You know, I mean, it's so far away, so they maybe be able to see me play one weekend for the whole season. So 
shape until I made a decision, and once I got back to Toledo, I, I, I knew I, you know, I wasn't going anywhere. Like uh, I felt like I was just back home. And told, told, you know, Coach Omi, you know, asked him, you know, if you know I could stay, and said yeah, absolutely, and you know, that was played the rest of the year there. So. And, uh, now, what was it like when you came back? What What was it like when you came back home? And played in Toledo. Uh, what was things different? How long did it take you to adjust and fit in? Uh, it was different, as I remember. So there were there were a handful of games, you know, ten games into the season or so. I don't know, maybe a little more. And they started off real shaky, you know. Um, and I remember the first game. These <laughs> there was a lot of new faces, and they probably sure a lot of the guys didn't like me just because of what I said but I I hate losing I think more than anybody you know and I just I I remember we played um, we were I can't remember who we were playing now but it was a team we should be beating and they, they had lost like the last like two or three games in a row and uh, we're getting just embarrassed and it was between the second and the third period and I just exploded. It was my first game there. None of these kids knew who I was. You know, I mean, I, there's obviously you know a handful of players from the year before, but um, a lot of new faces, like I said. And I just remember exploding in the locker room, like you know, this is unacceptable. You know, this is we have tradition here. We don't lose. You know, you guys are too light. You know, like let's get this going. Like you know, this is this isn't what Toledo Cherokee hockey is about. And uh, I'm sure there's a lot of guys that probably wanted his neck. Yeah, this guy showed up here from who knows where, trying to lecture us. But uh, yeah, that that uh, I'm not saying that changed anything. I mean, it was it was just a slow start to the year for whatever reason. But um, uh, after that, I mean, I mean, I, I've been in been in well. There's a lot of young guys on the team, so I think that's what the what the, the issue was. I remember there was a lot of young high school guys on the team that year. So transitioning and jumping into the league for those guys, you know, that's got to be. I mean, I went there after high school. I could I couldn't imagine what it'd be like playing there during high school that young. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be able to make it. You know, I, I didn't have that talent at that age. So, um, but that you know, I mean, we ended up having a great year. You know, uh, but uh, yeah, just started off a little slow, but. It was it was it was good, and I'm glad I glad I went back there. I'm glad the coach only gave me the, the opportunity to to come back, and uh, yeah, it was, it was it was a great year. So now uh, you said you played the, the, that year also def- on defense, and uh, was that uh, who did you play with there uh, when you were there on that uh, second go round? Uh, Billing up. Oh, you, oh, Nick came back. Okay. Yeah, he was there the whole year. Yeah, so uh, he was the captain that year. Oh yeah, I remember that now. I remember that now. Yeah, yeah he was a captain. Uh, Basserat, McBasserat. Uh, he was assistant captain. Um, trying to think who else, but uh, yeah. But I played, uh, played with Nick Golano, uh, so for, for that rest of that year too. So. Oh okay. So now, um, that second year, do you remember any of the any of the new guys that you played with in that second time? Uh, yeah. So that year, um, 
Jepson, Jeff Jepson. Oh yeah. He was one of the young guys. He was a high school kid, super young. Um, and then uh, uh, Dane Bin was on that team. Oh yeah. He was the youngest kid on the team. He was, I think he was 15 years old. You know, I was 20 at the time. You know. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it was crazy. I mean, like, I mean, and he was, he, I mean, he was a great, great great goal scorer. I mean, he didn't get as much ice time that year, but I mean, he didn't stand out like, you know, who's this kid, you know? I mean, he he held his own, so. Um, but, uh, yeah, there was, there was a lot of young guys on that team. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, some familiar faces, too, that, you know, were, were there. Uh, I believe Rico, so Rico Day, that was the first year I played with him. He was on that first year team. Um, Davidson... Justin Davidson, I believe he played both years, I want to say with me. Yeah. He was on the team as well, too. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I think you're right. Yeah, because I remember, he because that second year uh, for him, he played with Rico. They were defense, They were partners. So, that was, uh, yep, so they were, they were defense partners and stuff. And, man, uh, Rico, uh, let's just say he had the gift of gab. That's pretty Oh, yeah. <laughs> He, he could he could talk to he could talk to a post. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, he's a good guy. He actually, um, I played uh, another three years with him after Toledo. He came he came to uh, to Ohio University. Uh, There's there was a lot of Cherokee that, that ended up uh, at at OU. So yeah, we called that we used to call it Cherokee South. Yeah, we call it, yeah, we used to call it Cherokee because Cherokee North was Eastern Michigan. Because back then we sent a lot of guys up there too. Yeah, yeah. Sammy Horton went. To, he went to Eastern Michigan, so I played against him uh, for three years uh, college. Um, oh, uh, Mays, Dan Mays. Uh, we always called him Bobby. Uh, that was. I think he might have been a year or two later, but uh, he put. He went. He went to Eastern as well. Uh, Gosh, I'm trying to remember who uh, Nate Arthur's. I think went to Eastern, uh, and he, like I said, these guys are all like 2001 or so in that area era. But uh, they uh, they all went to Eastern. I remember there was a game between OU and Eastern, and there were ten guys in the lineup that were Cherokee. Yeah, you know. I believe it. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. So that was those were the. Yeah. Those, I mean, it was just natural if you were good enough. You once you finished your career in TC, you went to either OU or Eastern. That was just kind of how it was back then. But uh, yeah. Yeah, Eastern, you know, they're a big rival. They were they were a powerhouse uh, back then. You know, and uh, OU OU was uh, you know strong. You know as well. You know they're known for they've won three national championships in the nineties and. You know, had some good runs. Uh, so, but Eastern then, I remember that was always a, especially my freshman and sophomore year. They were they were really strong. Now, talk about um, the uh, the you know that second time around and stuff. Uh, did you feel like you were more of a, a, a of a leader uh, in the locker room? chimed in at the right times. I didn't didn't say a lot, you know, but I feel like, you know, when I when I did say something, you know, it, it carried a 
I feel like, you know, some of the guys, you know, looked up to me, um, having, you know, just the experience uh, playing there the year before, as, as they did with, you know, all the other guys and, and our, our captains. Uh, I mean, there, there was just a lot of good players on that team and uh, a lot of leadership. I mean, if, if, you know, coach could have handed out as many captains and assistant captains, I mean, it would probably been 12 guys on that team that could have worn that, you know. Well, I would think too. Wouldn't the fact that the fact that you got to play at a higher level, and and you then you then you when you came back to Toledo, uh, that experience at the NA and the USHL level probably helped you some as far as making uh, moves and things like that and and plays and things like that because at those levels you have to make it at a much much faster pace. But then when you when you sure. when you're playing junior with in, uh, in Toledo. It probably was, it, it helped, I would think, probably as far as, you know, just uh, making decisions, be, making quicker decisions uh, it, when you're on the ice. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, uh, the, the level, I mean, you know, people, it's 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 funny, like, Pete Darlis, a uh, good friend of mine. Dotus! Dotus, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we all, we've had this conversation a couple of times um, when people say like oh you know you play junior B or whatever like it's like they don't get like the, the, the talent that was at the top of like, like, like our, our Toledo team could have beat so many of these you know junior A teams and you know in some of these leagues like I mean the talent level was, was, was really high and the quality of hockey was, was very good so there was a difference, you know, I mean, overall from, you know, the North American and especially the, the USHL. The USHL was just super fast. I mean, those guys were, were flying. But um, the, the talent level still was, was uh, super high, you know, in Toledo. I mean, I'm sure it did help my game out, you know, being able to play, um, you know, for a little bit uh, at, that, at that higher level. But um, it still was still was competition and, and, and everybody uh, that, we, that was on our roster, you know, I mean, those top teams were, were solid and could skate with anyone. Well, Brad, you know, um, I was thinking about, you know, how it, you know, how it would come to help you so much play, with your experience, all that experience you had, uh, making the jump to playing in college, uh, it, it again, it probably helped quite a bit ha- drawing on all those experiences, whether it was Toledo, St. Louis, or in the USHL. Uh, it probably had to help you as far as making that transition into the college game. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt. Um, I mean, I was lucky, you know, that you know Nick Villanelle, like I mean, I had two years experience with him, so you know we complemented each other well, um, and we. Uh, made the decision to, to go to OU. Um, we, we were, we were going to go to with D3 offer, both of us, uh, out east, uh, a small school right outside of Boston, um, but ultimately decided on OU just because, of, I mean, once we stepped foot on campus there and, and saw what, what it had, what they had to offer and, and the, the, the fan base and it, it just I mean I was sold the second I saw saw Athens Ohio so um, but you know I think being comfortable with with Nick and, and him comfortable with me that definitely we I mean we, we 
jumped right into the starting lineup right away from day one as freshmen and, you know, never looked back um, until our senior year. You know, I mean, we, we were both captains and uh, ended up winning a national championship last game I played. It was my 100th, 100th win uh, collegiately and uh, a national championship win against Penn State. So, uh, good way to go out. Yeah, because Penn State, uh, one of our Cherokee alumni played for them uh, in that era, and that was Neil Price. Uh, he played. He play- yeah, friends with Neil on Facebook. Uh, tremendous hockey player. He was on the national championship team for Toledo uh, the year, yeah, the year before you showed up. And uh, now, playing in in college, of course, uh, you also make a whole new group of friends and everything like that. But it had to be nice to know that you still had some familiarity. You had Nikki, you had uh, several other guys that you got to play with back then uh, that wore Toledo uniforms. And so I'm sure that probably also made that bond between all of the, your team, but especially those guys, even tighter. Absolutely. Yeah, no question about it. Um, I mean, it helped out uh, tremendously just feeling comfortable uh, going to the going to the rink for practice um i mean all, all the guys on that team the older guys you know welcomed us you know i mean there's there was no issue with that but it definitely definitely helped out having some familiar faces uh, uh around you that's for that's for sure yeah so um now uh after uh college the real world settles in <laughs> yeah, the real world <laughs> so that had to be uh it, that had to be a fun transition uh, what was it? What was it like when you realized that? Well, uh, my competitive days are going to be coming to an end here. Uh, obviously, going out with a, with the ring is always a good way to go. But uh, what was the transition like for you to go from being a hockey player to being Brad Krolak, uh, just a, a, a working guy? Regular, regular Joe Schmo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was, uh, it was actually, uh, it was, it was really tough for me. Um, I had a, I had a, you know, it was a struggle for me not being able to, to put on skates and to go out there and play. I mean, that was all I knew, you know, from the age of five, six years old, you know, and I was blessed to play two years juniors and four years of college. So just having that, just all of a sudden, just that's it, no more. Um, it was tough. I remember my first uh, like men's league game. Just uh, I went out there. I was out probably made it two shifts, and I was like, I got so frustrated. I broke. I think I broke my stick over the the crossbar and threw it in the stands. <laughs> the last time I ever played. Wow. So yeah, but um, it uh, it got easier, you know. Obviously, as time went on, and I, I got involved with uh, with youth hockey helped out a lot on uh, you know being able to give back and to coach so I started coaching uh, I coached for a few years um, pretty much probably uh, my second or third year out of school uh, and um, that that helped out a lot um, I took a break uh, just you know focus on my my career and all that but it's definitely something that um, I'm getting the itch again to, to get back and uh, probably, you know, within a year or two, um, start coaching again. How old were they? How old were you, the kids you were coaching when you started? Uh, I coached uh, midget majors. Really? So, yeah. Yeah, I started 
started out as yeah, an assistant. I uh, got lucky that just I knew a guy that I that I worked with. His son uh, was on the team, and they needed a, an assistant coach. It's kind of a last minute thing, and and uh, I got in there, and I was with that that major major team for the next three years. So uh, yeah. Wow. Well, the reason I say that, I was going to say, the reason I say that, Crowley, is because usually most guys, when they when they decide to t- uh, dip their toe, their tootsie into, into the coaching realm, usually they start out with the little guys, the real little guys. But you started... You started... Yeah, I think I still have that, that fire in me, you know, that competitive, you know, like that. And it, was, it made it that much more rewarding and, and fun for me because seeing these kids compete at such a high level um you know and you know the games were were intense and you know it was i i think that i still had that that fire burning inside of me so i think that's why uh it was a good fit for me you know going with the with the older older kids but yeah when i when i go back uh it'll probably be different you know start with the younger guys and, and help them learn the game from the basics and uh, go with them as they, as they progress and uh, pick up the game and, and hopefully have an impact on some of these kids and give back uh, to the many people that shaped you know my life. I mean, I don't know what my life would be, be like without hockey. I mean, I met so many wonderful people uh, along the way and so many wonderful teammates and coaches and you know, it, it molded me into the person that I am today. So, wow. Now, how many? When was the last time you were on skates? That's a good question. Um, I would say it's, it's probably been six or seven years. Wow. Think you could still think you could still uh, go up and down the ice? Oh yeah. The reason I ask is because I know in the near future we're going to be putting together an alumni game. So uh, I definitely, and we're going to do it like where the older guys play the older guys and the younger guys play against the younger guys because I can't be having 40-year-olds going against 22-year-olds and expecting it to be an even keel, especially if the 40-year-old keels over. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, so it's... Uh, you know, so that, but that's the game plan. So I definitely want you to be there. So, uh, beautiful. Uh, now, let's talk a little bit here now off the ice uh, and discuss here, just to go over a little bit. Who are uh, some of the biggest influences for you uh, off the ice and on the ice? Who are your, who are the guys like on the ice? Who are your favorite players? Who is your favorite team? Uh, I think I got an idea there. But uh, still, who was your who were uh, who were some of the guys that you looked up to and stuff like that? And then who were the folks that imp- influenced you the most away from the game? Okay, so uh, obviously the Blackhawks, you know, growing up Chicago guy, so Blackhawks were you know my favorite team. Just uh, and uh, Chris Chelios, great defenseman, um, and uh, you know he was just a stud and. Had a tremendous work work ethic, so um, I know I, I loved watching him play. Uh, another one was uh, Jeremy Roenick, 
just just because he was uh, just a hard nosed, just tough guy. You know, I mean, I remember I remember seeing him play one game when I was young, and his nose is just shattered, just deep gushing, and sitting on the sitting on the bench with a towel, just trying to get it to stop bleeding. And I think he lost a couple teeth too, and didn't come out of the game. Just you know, just that hard nosed grinding attitude that you know I really I really loved uh, loved loved that about him and uh, for some reason when I was a young kid I mean this guy was a grinder too but uh, my first first ever hockey jersey was a Toronto Maple Leafs jersey uh, Doug Gilmore jersey what yeah I know and uh, but he was just uh, just the same I mean he wasn't I don't know stats exactly but I mean he wasn't he wasn't a very big guy, but uh, he was just a just a, a, a tough, just hard-nosed, you know, not afraid of anything guy. Go out there and get the job done. So, um, and I, you know, feel like I, I pretty much base my my career, my playing style on that. You know, not not backing down from running. I was lucky I had size with it, uh, but um, yeah, just just going out there every day and. Giving it everything you got, putting your body on the line, and, and putting the work in. Whatever it takes to win. Yeah. So away from the lake, huh? um, who are some of the folks that impacted you the most? Um. Honestly, my my dad. Uh, my dad was, you know, he came from uh, a poor family and had, you know, pretty much nothing, and um, never seen a guy work work harder in my life. I mean, he was a truck driver in, uh, in the city uh, for uh, RC Cola and just was just selfless and did everything for his family, you know, I mean, and, and that's what put a smile on his face, you know, and he would do everything and I, I never heard him complain once. He had, a, he had a brutal job, you know, tough job, lots of hours and he did it all for, uh, for, you know, for his kids and for, for my mom and, and us. So, you know, that work ethic and, and seeing that growing up, uh, I mean, I played baseball too, and he never missed a practice, never missed a game, whether it was baseball or hockey. I mean, he was there while putting in these crazy hours and and always had a smile on his face and, the, you know, most most likable guy you can meet. So, uh, yeah, I, that, that, that would be it for sure. Okay. Now, um, you know, you know, as you get older now, how do you see the game changing? I mean, obviously, from the physical standpoint, we got that. But is there anything else you notice about the game that has changed? Yeah, I mean, it's it's totally different. I mean, I would be, I don't know where I would, I, I mean, obviously my style of play would, would, doesn't exist, you know, in today's game. I would be, I'd be in the penalty box nonstop. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's 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 fun. I, I hated it at first. I remember just because I mean it was not my style, but it is. It's, it's so fun to watch um, these these kids and, and the, the skills and how good they are with the puck. And the, I mean, the things they do with the puck. I mean, we we didn't even think of back then. You know, I mean, like it's it's unbelievable how talented. And gifted these kids are and skilled with it with their hands it's it's just you know such a faster quicker you know more offensive game and it's 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 a lot of fun to watch so yeah it's, it's definitely 
night and day, uh, different different game. Like I said, I, I didn't like it at first. Uh, thank God it happened, you know, a couple years after I stopped playing. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's I, I I love it now. I mean, it's 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 that's my take on it. I don't know how, how do you feel about it. Well, I'm I'm like you. I'm old school when it comes to my hockey. I gotta admit, you know, I still love a good tussle. I still love all of those things, you know. Still, I still love uh, a good body check into the boards and stuff without... I mean, nowadays it's like you can't sneeze without seeing the, the zebra's arm go up. But uh, I'm, I, I still like that physical rough and tumble game uh, and things like that. But, I, but the, I think the thing I still like is that the attitude is still there. Um, the, 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 the ability... That, like you talked about Jeremy Roenick uh, with the, his nose and everything. I think that the mentality of the hockey player is still there where they don't want to come out of the game. They're not going to, you know, they're, they'll play hurt and they're not, and not because they're trying to sell it or something. They're doing it because they're that passionate about the game and they love the game that much that they're willing to go through anything to keep playing it. So I think that's still there. But you said it great. Yeah. I I did coach. I remember when you just said that, you know, when you said playing it, playing through pain and playing if you're hurt I had a coach that would ask are you hurt or are you injured you know there's a difference you know are you you're hurt you're playing you know are you injured where you know you're, you're unable to play so I mean that that mentality in hockey is, is definitely different than other sports you know I mean it's that that's us for sure yeah I, I have to agree with you there brother well before we we call it a, a podcast here i want to ask you a couple things what are some of the do you remember any good stories like in the locker room who was the best who were who the best pranksters and who you know who were the more quiet guys uh, my favorite guy and funniest guy and so good friend of mine uh josh granham uh would do absolutely anything. He, he had no shame. <laughs> He'd do, do anything for a laugh. Um, and and he provided many of those. Uh, he was definitely yeah, he was, he was a good friend of mine. Can, can, uh, you, can you provide an example uh, within reason? But <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'd maybe have to ask him if it was appropriate to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> since this is going to be uh, on the internet forever. Uh, there's... Uh, Nothing, nothing's jumping out. I mean, I've got one thing, but we can talk about that off air. Okay, <laughs> we can do that. Everyone was a prankster, pretty much, and a joke, sir. You know, like, uh, you know, it's 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 a brotherhood. So, I mean, everything was done with good fun. You'd mess with people, you'd pick up people, you'd play little jokes, but that was that was part of, you know, what brought us closer together and made us, you know, made us a team and made us a family. Uh, just the little jokes and little jabs here and there and the, the pranks, but yeah. Um, Oh, well, I mean, whether it's, I mean, we always talk about the leaners, you know, at, at the hotel rooms. Oh, the leaners. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, I fell victim to that one uh, early on. <laughs> and, and then I think I probably was the the instigator <laughs> uh, after that but uh yeah all good fun the late night prank phone calls to the rookies you know or the younger guys calling calling the room you know 
beautiful. Just saying goofy things, yeah. I mean, it was it was all good fun. And, uh, now, did you would you say you did more pranks in juniors or in college? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I would say college, but uh, you know, I, I learned uh, I learned pretty. I learned them in juniors, but uh, my, my game my game was pretty strong. My prank game was strong in juniors. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I excelled at the, at the college level with the, with, the, with the pranks and the games. You got your degree and pranked them and pranksters and pranking yeah. in uh, in OU. Okay, now uh, successfully uh, taped every single piece of equipment uh, to the ceiling. Uh, <laughs> at Ohio, and it was right above his, right above where we walk in the locker room, and he couldn't, for the life of him, it was so funny to figure out where any of his gear was, and it was six, you know, or eight, ten feet above his head. <laughs> so, yeah, no. A good hour, hour and a half. I showed up early. I think I missed a class to do it, but yeah, every every piece was taped to the to the ceiling. You realize now, someone's going to hear this, and you and they're going to try and do it. So you can at least take good good comfort and have a smile on your face realizing somewhere in this world someone's going to do that on purpose and they're going it's all going to be because of you. Brad Krolak, they have to pay for that. <laughs> that is funny. That is rich. Um now now uh who would be you say was one of the more quiet guys? Um I would probably say Justin Davidson was, he was a quiet guy yeah um, Davey was very quiet and he uh, great great kid though I mean I, he was he was really one of my one of my favorite uh, teammates uh, with, with Toledo but uh, he didn't say much he soaked it up you know what was going around going on around him but um, very good kid and very smart kid I think he's a pilot uh, I want to say um, wow so but um yeah, but yeah, he was, he was quiet, but, you know, one of those people, you know, when he, when he did speak, you know, he, he, he had everyone's attention just because, you know, he wasn't a talker, you know, he wasn't uh, just gabbing all the time, so when he did speak, you know, there was there was a lot of weight behind it, and, and people listened, so, but... Um, That's just a defense partner who kind of made up for the, who made up the difference, and that being Rico Day. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, they were definitely uh, on the different uh, sides of the spectrum when it came to, to talking and being quiet. But I mean, that's part. You know, that's part of what makes a team a team and a fa- and makes them a family is the fact that there's it's it's just different walks of life, different experiences, etc. But also different personalities that you don't want the same personality all the way through. It uh, it takes different piece uh, pieces to put together that puzzle. And that's what you get when you get guys like Davey and Enrico. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And uh, yeah, they complemented each, o- each other, you know, very well. And and, and we all did. And like you said, it was like pieces of a puzzle. I mean, we we fit together well. And, and you know, those are those are some years that I'll, I'll never ever forget. And uh, you know, I still talk about regularly to this day. You know, I mean, those are the. The greatest, greatest years of my life, for sure. Well, I tell you, well, nothing but brightness in in the future, though, ahead for you, though, Crowley, because that's what it's about. It's about going forward, and we're, I know that there's going to be great things ahead for you as well. 
Well, my friend, uh, before I let you go, uh, is there any questions you have that you might, you know, I always let uh, everyone I have on here ask a question of me as far as, uh, like, in case you, like, maybe you wondered about something that happened uh, during a game or during that era that you played, uh, you know, do you remember a player, do you re- that kind of stuff, and I try to, you know, if I remember it, I'll try and answer it. Usually the question I get m- asked most is, how did you start broadcasting for the Cherokee, and I've told that story uh, plenty of times, but, you know, I'm saying as far as, uh, you know, if there was a, uh, an event or, or something on the ice that happened that or you know anything like that that you tra- you tra- you can't remember exactly or anything like that that I can maybe help you with or if there's just a question in general you want to ask of me feel free that's a good question I wish I was more prepared um, there was a, I don't know why this just jumped out into my head but I think it was uh, the Wayne Wheels owner yeah Older guy that would sit in the stands and just scream. Well, he wasn't. He went. I don't. He wasn't very profane, but I mean, he yelled. I, his name was Tony uh, Ventigliamo or Van Van Ventiglio. Van Ventiglio, I think, is his last name. But he big, great big Italian guy, and he would sit there and yell and yell and yell. I mean, ad nauseum, to the point where I did. I grew to not like him very much. But then, after a couple of games, I actually would talk to him. He would come up to me and we'd talk. And I'd be like, you know, hey, how you doing, Tony? Ah, I tell you what, you know. And then I heard him say, he was telling me, just kind of as a, a throwaway comment, he said, yeah, he goes, this is my, ven- my venting. He goes, I get to come here and vent and yell. Cause I got my sister. He goes, cause I got to take care of my sister, and she's a, she was an invalid, and you know she took like a lot of care and stuff. So after that, when he, I heard him say that, and like I said, he didn't say it up front. He just kind of as a just as a, as an aside. And so when he said that, I was like, okay, you know, I did, I did, you know. And then I started to talk, and then as the time went on, I went and talked, and we became friends and stuff but yeah he used to he used to yell and scream and i mean he i mean you could when you can hear him not only across the ice on the opposing bench but back behind that in the locker room that's that was a loud human being i'm sorry it was and tony i mean he could penetrate a building like nobody's business he could yell and scream with the best of them but uh, yeah he co- he was the owner of the wayne wheels you're right very good very good yeah. Then another another uh, good memory uh, I have about, and I asked uh, Dotus about this one, Pete Darlis. Uh, he doesn't remember doing this, but one of my my favorite moments ever playing hockey was uh, Darlis. Were playing, and I, I believe it was Wayne Wills again, and uh, they had uh, a guy in their team. I can't remember his name, but he was a bigger guy. Called him, called him Blueberry. Is that the one? Blueberry. Yeah, called him Blueberry because that was the cereal. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, he was, but this—he had the best. I mean, he had incredible hands. Like you, you never, mm-hmm. you never, you know, imagine the the hands this kid had by looking at him. But um, and he could move. He was quick. And uh, but uh, Darlis fought him a couple times, and I, I'll never forget there was an icing. The puck was going around the boards, 
from one corner to the other, and Darlis knew that Ubiro was right behind him, and he just dropped to the ice, so he tumbled over. <laughs> I remember this. This this was up. This I think this was up in Wayne, wasn't it? It was. It was up in Wayne. Oh my God! That Dotus is. Oh my gosh! That kid. I tell you what, he's grown into being a really great guy. I mean, he's a hardworking coach, and and you know, putting his time in working and all that good stuff, and uh, you know, a dad and a husband and all that stuff. But he was such a goofball when he was in, when he was in Toledo. But that, I mean, that's what made you love him. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely. Uh, like I said, I mean, we're we're still great friends. I talk to him all the time, and uh, yeah, I brought I brought that story up probably probably about six six months ago or so. I'm like, do you remember this when this? He's like, no. He's like, I don't. I'm like that. That's like my best memory of you. Like. I'm, probably best memory of any like the funniest thing ever I, I remember i was on the bench and just oh it was hilarious Dotus Dotus was always trying to get stuff always trying to stir stuff up i mean you did stuff on the ice to you know you know whether it was because you were just trying to be physical and intimidate or whatever that's part of the game Dotus is more like the i mean the stuff he did is like the stuff that um, legends or psychotic killers dream of. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's 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 the stuff Dotus would do. But uh, you know, like I said, he was nuts back then. But that, like I said, that was he was a Jekyll and Hyde. He was the like the most weird, whacked out kid on the ice. I mean, he you you were like, oh crap, Pete, don't no, Pete. You know, you would sit there. He's on my team. That's all. That's all. I said. Yes. Yeah. Yes, because he had he had those hands, man. Ooh, those hands could hurt people. Yeah, he, he was a tough tough kid. That's that's for sure. One tough cookie. But uh, yeah, off the ice though. I mean, he would he take his shirt off his back and give it to you. You know, he do do anything for you. Nicest nicest kid kid out there. You know, he wouldn't. Uh, you know, two two totally different people. Not that he was. You know. Yeah, he wasn't evil or anything. He just he was just he was nuts. Just, yeah, I mean, one of the one of the nicest guys I've ever met in my life, and, and would do anything for anyone. But uh, yeah, watching him play, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad I didn't have to play against him. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's putting it mildly. Well, Crowley, uh, hey, we got we did it, man. We did it. So I want to thank you for. Uh, I'm I'm thankful and grateful that you were able to come on here and hang out with me and uh, do this podcast. Um, I I you know again I can't. Hey, it's, I tell you, it's been a blast talking to you again and catching up with you. So thanks again, my friend. And uh, I, I'm sure, like I said, I'll keep in touch with you and let you know when we put together that uh, alumni game because I definitely want you to be a part of that. Yeah, please do. It was, it was great chatting with you too. And uh, thanks thanks again for uh, for having me on. And uh, I'm uh, following the podcast now, so I'm, uh, I look forward to, to hearing from some, some of your other guests. It's uh, definitely been a trip down memory lane yeah no question about it well that's going to do it from here again we thank you for hanging out with us here with me and brad krolak here and of course uh you can always follow us you can go on the on the uh podbean website and follow us there because that's where all the all the uh, podcasts are posted and they're hung up there so you can download them they're also available on your on your favorite uh podcast site whether it be spotify uh 
I believe, uh, TuneIn radio app. Uh, also, uh, Apple Podcast, I believe, carries it. And coming soon will be like iHeart and uh, Google Podcast and stuff like that. That's all coming here in the very near future as well. So be sure to give us a follow or give us a like and everything. We sure do appreciate it. So for my good friend here, Mr. Brad Krolak, I am Mick. We will talk to you again next time as you've been hanging out here listening to Cherokee Rewind.